impact, income, and influence. Are you trying to find financial stability in today's crazy world? Today's guest is Anita Johnson. She's a financial behaviorist and financial planner who works specifically with women, but her tips and strategies work well for anyone in any environment. She's been active for more than 20 years. She's published several books and she knows her craft and she's super fun. Enjoy today's episode. Impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show today. I am super excited to share with you somebody that is really special. So Anita Johnson is a financial behaviorist, but not just any financial behaviorist. She works specifically with women. And growing up with three sisters, I know the financial pressures that are on women, um, how they manage money, and they have much different anxiety, fears, and thoughts when it comes to money. So I am really excited to have her on the show. Anita, welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. It's my pleasure. So let's just dive right into it. Tell me a little bit about what you do specifically and how you help women. Well, great. That's a great question. So I am a financial behaviorist, and I help women uh, get over there or help them get over some of their anxieties, their fears, uh, some of their unhealthy habits when it comes to finances. Um, as I explained once before, you know, in a, in a previous interview, we talked about I had a client and um, that was afraid to open her mail. So I had to help her figure out what that meant to her. Why didn't she, why didn't she want to open her mail? You know, it wasn't just because she had the bills. There is a reason why. And so what happens is we go way back into our childhood to figure out some of the things, our financial childhood, you know, how did you grow up? Was it a single parent household? Who controlled the money? If there was a two parent, who controlled the money? And, the, and were there any discussions, high pitch discussions in the, in the family when it came to money, right? And so I go deep into their financial DNA and try to help them understand why they're at this point in their life when it comes to their uh, relationship with money. So talk to me a little bit. I mean, that sounds super powerful because we all have habits that we keep with us from childhood. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm trained in NLP. And one of the things that they teach us to do is go right back and look at childhood, look at the the decisions that we made as an eight-year-old that we're still clinging mm, to. Right. So what do, you, what do you see specifically in a lot of the women that you work with? A lot of them are actually have anxiety about money because they really weren't taught how to handle it. And, 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 and so let me, let me uh, just kind of clarify that. Not necessarily how to, how to do a spreadsheet or a, or a so-called budget, but their mindset when it came to money, right? Believe it or not, in today's society, we're still talking about, okay, you, you need to marry so somebody can take care of you, right? right? So you can have that extra somebody to take care of you. But a lot of us are single and some of us are divorced and then some of us 
or you know, we, we, if we marry, we outlive our husbands at least a good 10 years and we don't know how to handle the finances unless there's something in the household that you know the husband and the wife that they or the partners are really helping each other through it and so the financial literacy that we get today is not the financial or of the past is really not the financial literacy that we don't need but we need additional kind of financial literacy which is more of a relationship with money is more of that like do I do I not want it or do do I spend a lot? What's my money? What's my money talk? Um, do I spend too much money? Do I spend too much money to impress people I don't like, or do I hold on to money? So you know when you hold on, you can't get anything in, right? And so those are the kinds of things that really that women come to me. Or the other thing, if they have children, they're giving a lot of their money away to the children adult children. We're not talking about the small yeah. ones. We're talking about the adult children. I have, mm -hmm. I have definitely seen that happen. And I think it's, I mean, my take on women is they're like, they like to nurture a lot more than men do. Right. And it's mm -hmm. really easy. I mean, you see children today, not to, not to knock millennials. There are millennials mm -hmm. out there that are hustling for sure. <laughs> right. But they're, every generation has the people who would rather be lazy and sit on the couch. Mm -hmm. And I think as a mom, you see that and you, you see like, I, one of the struggles I have is I always see like all the potential somebody has and I would just want to help them out. But if right. they're doing that without thinking about their retirement or how they're going to live to be 90, I could see that being a huge struggle. Definitely. It is definitely that. And it, and it also depends, you know, culturally too, because different cultures have different, um, when it comes, I mean, believe it or not, different cultures for in different women or different, they see, they view money different and they view the society different on how they look at women in a whole and then they look at them differently culturally. And then that, and then that sometimes expresses how we as women want to express ourselves to the, to the world outside as well. Sure. I mean, that definitely makes sense. Um, what would you say if you had to give a cheat sheet, what would be like the one or two big things that you would recommend that women do to better their relationship with money? That's a good question. One of the things I would have them do, I always have uh, clients do this very first thing, whether I'm, whether they're my clients, if, I, if I'm teaching a class or doing a webinar or anything, you need to write down three words that describe your relationship with money. They could be anything. And they, they're probably going to be fear, anxiety, discontentment, uh, disconnected, whatever those three words are, right? And next, the next thing you're going to do with those three words is you're going to write a positive affirmation with those three words about money, right? So if you're discussing anxiety, disconnected, so you're gonna say, I will no longer be disconnected and have anxiety because now I'm in love with, I have a, a, a great relationship with my money. So those are so into positive words and then you have your mindset. So it's about the mindset as well. So that would be one thing, how, why you feel that way to, to your family makeup, <clears throat> how you're basically raised in the household with money. Gotcha. And so, that will get you started. <laughs> that's, that's enough right there. Once you get that. <laughs> once yeah, you get exactly. that, I think that is a mind blowing so in my own yes. personal life, when I first got started in my business, I started my business in 2015. 
I had somebody sat me down and I was having a hard time making money. And um, they sat me down and they had me list out the top 10 values that I had. Mm. And nowhere in there was money, wealth, there was freedom. There mm. was, you know, looking good, feeling good, but there was nothing uh -huh. Uh -huh. To do with wealth. And they pointed to that and they said, well, you have a hard time making money because you're not focused on it. And I feel like I would love your comment on this because I feel like in today's society, it's almost sinful to say, I sell something mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. I care about money. I care about how much money I have because people are so worried about what people will think of them or what that means because we have this, you know, we have a, a bad slant to it when really mm -hmm. money is just a piece of paper, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, I would love your thoughts on that. Go ahead. And, and you're right because, um, when I've had, um, when I first started my, uh, started this part of my, this part of my career, because I had a career before, but when I started this part of the career and I was first doing uh, workshops, I would have men and women in them, in my workshops and I would have, uh, draw a piece of paper, you know, line down a piece of paper on the board or whatever it might be. What is your thoughts on money? And what women, what are your thoughts on money? Women would always say, security, this, you know, and women, men would say a tool to get to where I need to be. And so my thing is, let it be a tool for the, for, to get what you need. It's commerce to pass it on. A lot of things um, that you're talking about, people have heard that wealthy people are greedy. <laughs> it's not good to be rich, right? Or uh, the, the, the one, and, and, and this is not to um, um, belittle anybody's belief or religion. It's like when I was coming up, all I heard was, okay, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get all my goals, my streets of goals and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Well, I would like to have mine now. <laughs> I don't want to wait until I'm deceased. And so when we hear those kinds of things all the time in our ear, we believe that that is the way to be and that poverty or being poor or being uh, is not is it, it, it's, it's not good for us and so we wear those kinds of things on our sleeve and that and so that's a mindset that that is a mindset that that needs to be changed or improved i agree with that 100 yeah. i mean right. i know i've had friends that they back in my previous life, my previous life, I worked in restaurants. Um, I was a waiter and then I moved up into management. Um, I left in 2015, but I had friends that would say, you know, I'm sick of always being broke. I'm sick of not having money in the bank. But then you ask them or you hear them say things like rich people are jerks, right? Like, I don't ever want to be like that. Well, then right. no wonder you're broke. <laughs> you're sending your mixed messages to your brain and your brain right. oh my gosh. pain before yeah. into pleasure. So that's what you're touching on is really, really powerful. So tell me a little bit about what it looks like to work with you. Like what, what happens when somebody comes into your world? What happens? There's, there's several different things that people, options that people can take when they, you know, they, they call me or they seen me speak someplace and, or, or they've attended one of my uh, free webinars or something to that effect. They're, um, what happens is one of the things is that most people are just disgusted with going around in circles. You know, they're just, this whole money thing has got them. It's just like, I'm really, really tired. I don't want to do this anymore. And so they, of course, they get a questionnaire to make sure that we both fit with one another. 
And when they have decided to be a client, there's a, several ways they can do, we can do one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, and there's so many sessions and then there's a maintenance program. Or they can actually um, join in on a membership, right? Where there's a bunch of stuff on there, webinars, interviews with financial experts, things like that. Or of course, they can always come to some of the, the um, events that I have on Zoom now, now that we're, we're, we're sheltered in place, so to speak. Or, you know, there's a number of books that they can get from me. Um, and so there's a, a number of ways. And what happens is the first thing we do, like I said, the first thing we do is we have those three words. And they, ha they basically have to write that affirmation in order to get into their mind that this is, it's a whole different mindset that when it comes to that. And we change a lot and I do, and I also change a lot of their wording. So for instance, we don't talk about budget anymore because budget is to me, money on a diet. Right. <clears throat> and nobody wants to do that. So, yeah. we, so I call it a financial spending plan. So that's, you know, so we call it a financial spending plan. We create that for, for while we're working, together with your with your relationship and your mindset we create a financial spending plan and whatever goals you have financially i we start working on those if you need a financial advisor i find some i find some people for you to interview and you can choose whatever it is that you want with that person so that's kind of how it starts awesome i love mm -hmm. it so talk to me about how you got started in all this because i know like i my sister She's going to hate me for calling her out. But I mean, she was a couple of years ago. She was just like, I don't know what to do with any of this. Like she was single. She's now married. Mm -hmm. um, but she was like, I don't know what to do with this. I just buy what I want. And like, you know, if I don't have money, it goes on the credit card and I pay that. And how do you like, I'm guessing you had usually we come from our pain, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd right. love to hear kind of where you came from and how you developed the program. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so when I started my business 20 something years ago, I started as an accountant tax preparer. So, um, and um, I did that for many years, but, but as a tax preparer, I would see women coming into my office, making really decent money and be worried about what they would get in a return. And I was wondering why that was. Uh, but I think one of the most closest things that, that came that I decided that this is what I wanted to do was a young woman at that time, she was in her forties and she had just lost her husband and I was getting ready to do the tax, the death tax return. And um, I said, okay, you know, I said, Steve, go get me your W-2s, go get me two or three years last tax return and you just go off and you get it, Right. But she was like, so what does that look like? And so I, I was kind of taken back. I was like, what do you mean? What does that look like? She said, um, my husband put it in front of me. I don't know what I signed. So I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I literally had to print out what a W-2 looked like, what a tax form looked like, so that she could go and find it. And she brought it back. But that was the start of um, me, I had already been thinking about this, but this was just a little push. Another woman who had been married to her husband 60 something years or something, had been a housewife for years and years and years, divorce, he gives her 50 grand 
after 50 years of marriage and she doesn't know what to do. So that was another, and she was an older woman at that, you know, she was older woman because she'd been married 50 years. And so she didn't know. And then cl even closer to home was my mother. And of course my own self <clears throat> was my mother who had, um, when her and my dad divorced, she had been a, a school teacher all her life. She, her and my dad built their own home. Um, they were educators. Um, they had college degrees, master's degrees, all of that kind of stuff. But when my mother divorced my dad, um, she retired. And when she retired, she was living off of $1,500 a month. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't, uh, and she, so she was below the poverty level. So I just couldn't understand that. And so that, and so I wanted to know why, why that was happening. And even in my mother's death, she, um, she, her house was free and clear, but she refused to turn the house over to me and my brother because she just automatically thought that we would get the house because that's her mind. Her mindset was like, you know, and, and it's not that she didn't know that she was because she had cancer and the doctors had predicted, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so uh, she wouldn't do it. So that's a mindset. And it really was like, wow, that is such an eye opener for me. And, and then I had to look at myself and how I handled money after being divorced and having children and being single. So I had to look at how I felt, you know, about money and stuff too, as well. So what, uh, from that then, what was the first step that you took to get your financial life in line? That was, <laughs> so what I did is, um, I've uh, always, uh, I've been working for myself for 20 something years and I was one of those persons that didn't open the mail. So I know exactly what that meant when my client came to me and, and she wouldn't open the mail. My, in the middle of the, 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 my house, um, and in the middle of the floor and started opening the mail. I was like, I got to do this. I really got to open this mail. And so what I did after that is that I wrote a book called Big Girls Don't Cry, taking the, taking the emotions out of finance. And in that book, I chartered everything that I did to get to the place that I was at at that particular time. Nice. And so, yeah, so yeah, so that particular book says everything. It doesn't really say it was me, but it says, <laughs> it gives you, it gives you the ABCs of what I did. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, we all, the best thing that we're, the thing that we're best at teaching is the journey that we went through. Right. Like exactly. the pain that, the pain that we went through, we can express that better to anyone else and we can help Anybody. people overcome yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. that's awesome. I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to go into more of a business talk because I know a lot of the listeners are listening to hear how you grew your business, how you get clients, like that kind of stuff. Because starting a business is crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, you've been self-employed except for more than 20 years. So were you an accountant and then you kind of moved into this? Is that? Yeah, so I was an accountant. Um, I, um, I think I started my business when I was 30, 30 somewhere up in there. And so um, um, I decided, I've always wanted businesses because my family on my mother's side, it's a bunch of them, right? It's 11 kids, 
right? Got it. And just about all of them had businesses, just about all, whatever kind of business they had. And then with my dad and my mom, although they were educators during the day, my mom played the piano for the churches, so that was her extra money. And then my dad was an architect, so he 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 um, built houses and built churches and all kinds of things. And so they had always had their little side thing, right? Um, and so I always wanted to be a business. So I started a business as an accountant, tax person. I had my, uh, my accounting degree. And so from that, um, a lot of tax returns, a lot of tax returns at the time. I started and I went back to school to get my master's in taxes because I thought I was going to go to law school and be a tax attorney. Okay. Well, <laughs> Right. So I, I, I think I took the long way around. But uh, after I graduated with my master's, I was like, I had a rude awakening um, that you just don't get to go to law school and say, hey, I want to be a tax attorney. You go to law school, pass the bar, then you go work for somebody. And I had, had already been in business for at least 10, 15 years. And I was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like, ain't no way I'm not doing that. So that's when all this stuff came around about the woman that I just told you about and things like that. And that's when I was like, oh, well, maybe I should do this. And um, then I went back for a PhD in finance and a focus on women and uh, a focus on women and their finances and how different cultures view finances. Uh, and why one culture over another or whatever that might be has a better um, understanding of money than other. And, and I mean women, why they have a right, be right. better understanding of money and can pass on legacies opposed to others. Oh, you know, the verses, you know, the high kind of verses. And so that's how I kind of started off. Um, I don't do any book bookkeeping anymore. I've phased that out. Um, I may, may have 10 10 tax clients, but mostly I just do, I am, I speak, um, I do webinars, um, uh, I have the books, I've, you know, written at least five books, and, um, and do the things that, you know, like here, getting the word out, and a lot of Facebook, and a lot of LinkedIn videos. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I love it. So, my background is in public speaking. I mean, I built my entire business off of doing, I did more than 45 events over five mm. years. Okay. Um, plus I did a lot of speaking on other people's events. So a lot of webinars, I totally can understand that. So talk to me a little bit about that because I know I, like when I tell people that the number one reaction I get is either I would love to speak, which that's like maybe 10 or 15%. Everyone mm. else is like, I am scared to death to do that. I want to hide behind a funnel. I want to hide behind <laughs> a web page. You know, I guess, you know, I would, I would guess I really like speaking. I really like public speaking. And I've always liked public speaking. I don't know why, but I have. Um, and then I got it. So what I did was... Um, you know, because I've always liked public speaking. I've always been asked to be a speaker, you know, those kinds of things. But then I went into uh, Toastmasters was being offered. Oh, at, awesome. Uh-huh. At, at uh, my church, the new, a new Toastmasters class. So I went into Toastmasters. But what Toastmasters taught me, and then I have a group uh, signing up and uh, went there. Um, and 
I'm sitting in the corner like this because they're the guy who started is is pointing out people who should be a uh, should be a um, speaker or should be on the executive board. And I'm sitting like, no, don't call on me, don't call on me, right? And I ended up being the president <laughs> of the group. So I'm always like the president or something of, of the group. And so what happened is Toastmasters not only taught me the different kinds of speaking or speeches, but yeah. also taught me leadership roles or leadership uh, and how to see things and how to uh, how to see things before they get to you. That's basically, you know, if you're if you're a leader, the president, vice chair, what the chair of a group, you you can read the personalities, and that's what um, uh, Toastmasters taught me to read the personalities of the people that are on the board. So, how long were you in Toastmasters? Like from the time you started, like that first meeting, to like how was, long were you doing it? Was it was over a year. It was over a year. I was the president because it was a new group. <laughs> so first I was chosen and then I was elected. <laughs> Toastmasters is one of, Toastmasters is like one of the best tools. If somebody's mm -hmm. scared to do public speaking, I tell them to go. Most of most people won't go because they know, like they Google it and they're like, I'm not doing that. They make <laughs> first meetings. But that's the way you get over a fear is that you take action on that fear. You face right. it, right? You're, right. you fall apart. You didn't start crying. You didn't, you didn't lose your <laughs> no. hair. I lost all my hair. I mean. <laughs> no, so. I actually enjoyed it. And from that, I really got a lot of uh, um, speaking engagements. And I had a really good, and, and the guy that pointed me out to be, he was, he ended up being my mentor. So he would make me practice all the time, you know, this and that, you know, when I had speaking engagements. Um, he would he would sit with me, write the speech, and um, actually I'm not a good writer of speeches. I just really like to go with the flow of the room. Um, I might write a few notes or something to that effect, but I usually kind of go with the flow of, of the room. Um, and so I really, I actually really enjoyed. I and then plus, and then I've been an, an instructor in private colleges as well as public colleges. So uh, you know, so that is another speaking, you know, and teaching and instructing people and helping people get through whatever it is that they need to get through. So let's stay on that for a second, because I know like how I work with people. That's one of my main parts of my business for the last two years was helping people mm -hmm. build their live events. Um, usually it would be a 20 to 100 person event uh, mm -hmm. where they would sell something. But I worked with people in a speaking context. I would love to hear, though, your take on like what what is if you could tell somebody who wants to speak, what is one or two things that you would tell them that they absolutely need mm -hmm. to do? If they're scared to death, but they're like, I have to do this. What would it be? I would say practice is is a very good thing, especially if you're new to it um, and you don't, you know, some people are just kind of born with the gift, certain gifts, right? But you have to hone them. You have to make them better. So um, if you're not, if you, if you want to speak and you have never spoken before, I would probably join something like a Toastmasters. Um, I would probably join something like a Toastmaster so that you can learn how to speak. And the next thing, or, or learn how to not just speak, but how to write a good speech. Okay. Because that's important too. Um, I know for me, I use a lot of humor in my speeches, right? And people love to laugh. 
Um, and one of the things about humor is that you never know what's going on with a person in the audience. And so when you are making humor, making them laugh, they forget about their problems for that moment and they're laughing and they feel better about themselves. Because I know when I'm not feeling good, there's certain things that I do, like you can see over my shoulder, I have my post-it notes. So those are notes when I'm feeling good about myself and when I'm not feeling good, I can go and look at those, Absolutely. right? Yeah, I can go look at that and say, oh yeah, okay, my toes do look pretty. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love it. Right? Yeah, right, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm cool, my toes are pretty, all right, okay. Right. Um, and so that is one of the things is, is to join one of those organizations, um, get a good coach, right? Um, and practice in the mirror at yourself with the hand gestures, if, if that's what you do, because I know that I use a lot of hand gestures. I don't, that keeps me, that keeps me away from the audience. And I like to be connected with the audience. So if somebody, you know, like if you're in the audience and I say, ages you in, in the speaking, that engages you. So those are the things. So people like to be engaged inside the audience. So those are the kinds of things that I use when I'm speaking. Awesome. So let me, let me flip the script on that one a little bit. Tell me what are the one or two things that you see a lot of public speakers doing that are definite no-nos that they should fix? Like uh, what stuff that they're messing up? Um, what is it that I can say? Or maybe as a coach, like, because you obviously, I mean, if you were the president of Toastmasters, like you saw a lot of speeches. What are like the one or two things that people always seem to get wrong? Uh, I would probably say not knowing their subject matter, right? Um, you, one of the things that, um, for instance, I remember when someone asked me to teach a class on um, the, uh, it, was a, it was a brand new school, it was a friend of mine, and I was, you know, felt like I was obligated to teach for her, for her school, because she had just started the school, but it was on the um do the policies and procedures of the school well i'm not equipped <laughs> to speak on policies procedures of the school and it was awkward for me right and the feedback for that wasn't great it was it right. wasn't great and so the you know if you had me teach on a finance class i'd have knocked it out the water or something to that taxes even taxes you know i'm not actively in taxes, but I can, I can roll taxes off the, off my tongue because I've, I've done it so many years, but, um, not speaking, not knowing your subject matter and trying to speak on that subject matter. And if you're going to speak on that subject matter to do your homework on it and then practice on it and then no, be honest with yourself that that is not your subject matter. It's not, and be like, I can't do it. You need to get somebody else to do it. And so after that, I never have spoken on something that is not my subject matter anymore. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's mm -hmm. a, I think that is a very valid takeaway. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know when I, like when I do trainings, the, the two things that I see the most are one, the person you like, people don't use humor or stories. Instead, mm -hmm. they just give like very dry detail. Straight lecture kind of stuff, yeah. And that just mm -hmm. puts people to sleep. Um, that was That's probably the biggest thing. 
And the mm-hmm. second thing is not engaging the audience, just being lost mm-hmm. in themselves, right? But anyone who's good at Toastmasters knows that you have to like break, <laughs> you have to like break their state. Break the ice. Before. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Keep right. going. Um, so that's awesome. Tell me, so the last thing that I'll touch on with your business, tell me a little bit. I know you say you, you did public speaking a lot. What else do you do to get customers? Like, how do you get your clients to come in? How do you end up working with them? Okay. So here, here's a secret that I found uh, out maybe maybe about a month ago. So um, one of the things I, I really hate doing was Facebook Lives. <laughs> I really hated doing Facebook Lives, right? And so I had to really make, because we are in this pandemic thing, right? So I really had to make myself like Facebook Lives. So I started doing Facebook Lives. I do them once a week. <clears throat> On the public profile or on your, on 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 the business, on the business. Okay. Okay. On the business one I do. And every now and then I might stick one in my personal, you know, my public one, but I also have a group called money wisdom for women. And I, and that's a public group. So I do one there as well. But what I found out was that, um, so the people that actually belong, that actually like my page or, or in my group, I found out that um, I could actually do a personal video for them in their messenger, mm-hmm. right? So if I have an event, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually call them up, not call them up. I'm gonna actually sit here and do a video to them. Hey, Steve, you know I see that you're in the group. You know um, uh, I haven't seen you post in the group lately. You know, is there anything that you might want to talk to me about personally that you don't want to talk to the whole group about when it comes to your money? And guess what? I got this event that you're invited to as well. So I could do something like that. First, I started off just messing, just giving them like, you know, messenger, or then I started just recording a message. And now I'm doing the video that goes with it. And one of the things that I got was one woman who is Ashley supposed to be, uh, she's uh, one that I'm in her group because she's, she's uh, her name is Katharina. She does a lot of women things and, and she teaches a lot of stuff. She wanted to know, how do I do that? And she's the one that's the coach. <laughs> that's awesome. That is, so um... that is something that you can do to, to get more again. And also one other, one other thing that I just started I did it for the first time last week is when people ask to be my friends in Facebook, instead of just blanketly being friends with them or just blankly say no, I send them a little message and say, hey, same thing. Hey, I see that you want to be my friend on Facebook. Did you meet me somewhere? Did someone tell you about me? And do you know about my uh, my page? Do you know about my Anita Johnson financial behaviors page or the money wasn't for women page and would you be interested in attending one of my free workshops and so i did that and the girl was like yeah and so now she is she's a potential client <laughs> yeah right. mm-hmm. do you know um do you know about steam yard yes i do That's, yes i mean whenever uh, i do i don't do i used to do a ton of facebook lives um i don't do as many as i used to but it's nice just because it streams everywhere all at once all at once Mm -hmm. it just makes it so much easier um i have linkedin i have my three facebook pages uh, and i have youtube all linked up through there so when i go Mm -hmm. live just goes everywhere 
it looks live like they can't tell the difference but that's such a <laughs> that tool is a god thing um another one that i like a lot is called bonjourno um it uh so what it does is it allows you to shoot a video so i'm trying to think how to explain it they people have to come to you through some kind of form um, mm -hmm. that they fill out online, whether it's a funnel or a f some kind of information form, right? So okay. they give you their email. But then what it allows you to do is it puts all their emails and their name, and if you have them fill out a form, any of the information, and then you can shoot a personalized video on your cell phone. It's an app. So mm -hmm. you would hold up your phone and you'd be like, hey, Anita, uh, I saw you just opted in for my free workshop. I just wanted to welcome you. If you have any questions mm -hmm. about anything, let me know. And it puts the video in their email. Oh, so when they open okay. the email, there's a video, video of there. You mm -hmm. there, and you can write a little message so that they know what's in it. Hey, Anita, I made you this video um, so that you have all the information on the workshop. Okay. Um, it's and it's not expensive. It's twenty bucks a month. Um, so if you like being on video, if you have any interest in it, if you're a high touch service provider of some kind mm -hmm. um, and you're listening to this show you should definitely check it out i'll make sure to put the link in the show notes okay. uh, and if you like video i mean they have a 14-day trial so i try it out but it basically does the same thing you're doing through messenger okay through anybody that's on your email list oh okay great great so, okay yeah that sounds that sounds good yeah yeah i always I always use it when somebody opts into um one of my paid something that they paid for i always send them a personal thank you yeah um and I just welcome them and I say, you know, hey, if you have any problems, I like it's, they spent anywhere between $200 and like 2,500. Right, right. Program, right. So it's like sending them a personal and hey, if you have any problems, reach out to me. I'm a real person. I'm here to help you out. I, the goodwill that it buys you with your customers mm, 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 mm. is through the roof because they know that yeah. they're, they're not going to send a support email to somebody right. in China that doesn't understand English, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like. Actually, yeah, it makes them feel important. It does make them feel important. Mm -hmm. yeah. I will say that it has lowered my refund rate. Um, my refund Great. rate wasn't super high, but now it's almost nothing because wow. Well, because wow. people they what happens is they actually will respond to that email sometimes three months later, four months later. Hey, uh, blah blah blah, module didn't work, or I have a question on this, or I didn't get my question answered. Because mm -hmm. what I say in the message to them is, hey, um, you know, you downloaded um my cash flow clarity course if you have a question on that anything at all just let me know um, i want to make sure that you're happy so instead of hitting refund because they can't find an answer to a question or they're having a problem they mm -hmm. actually reach out to me with the question i'd rather oh, take wow. 10 minutes and answer their question for them uh -huh. Uh -huh. and give them a refund um so it works anyway that's great oh, going that's down a rabbit hole yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So talk about your own show now. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to shift gears one more time, and we're going to go into just this is like quick takes. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about your business and like just just things that that go for you really well. So first off, uh, what's one daily habit that you have that has allowed you to be successful? I would say. Um, my um my affirmations my affirmations and i journal so i and and my meditation so i try to journal every day you know some days you get in here and it's like you're like i need to answer the emails i need to and then i'd be like oh my gosh i have a journal 
right? <laughs> um, I would say my affirmation. So my affirmation is uh, uh, I wake up, um, uh, I woke up this morning with uh, the smell of abundance. And so, um, I, uh, so I write that affirmation every day, 10 times a day. And so, you know, and I tell my clients, they need to write their affirmation 10 times a day. And so uh, I tell them to do it. So I have to do it. So I would say that's one of the things, because it keeps a lot of the negatively negative things away because then I know what my goals are. I know what, I know that it's a, it's abundance and I'm not afraid of it. But the other thing is actually having weekly, monthly, yearly goals and, and basically writing them. I have, you can't see it, but I got a couple of sticky notes that says my goal this week was X, Y, Z. And, and then at the end of the week, did I meet those goals? That is, I was ducking off for a second. So every day I do the same thing. <laughs> so um, mine is real simple. My first one are three affirmations. My second uh -huh. one is my yearly goals, then my 90 day mm. goals, then my 30 day goals, and then my one week goals. Okay. So it breaks it all straight down. And then I'm, what's the top three things I can do today to move mm. towards things? Then the last thing is a journal. And uh, I actually do, I, like, I love journaling. It's one of the things that I, Anyone who listens to the show knows I talked about it. Right. I have. Well, um, I have. Um, I have um, these things. These are big post-it notes, yeah. right? I have those. Right. As well. And on so tomorrow when I come in, because I come in almost every day, I will actually write what I have to do for the week. Yeah. And then I will write on that post-it note, like you know, I don't want to say it's a to-do list. It's a to-make-money list. Right. And whatever that might be, if it's just talking with you, that's still, it's not necessarily making money, but it is planting a seed. And yep. so, um, so it's a my to, to make money list. And then I can mark that off. And if I don't finish everything, I just take it over to the next, to the next week. Something that I think you might find interesting is on the top corner, I always write my bank account balances. Mm -hmm. And like, wow. I, I track my I track my retirement, I track everything every day. Uh -huh. Because something I mean, six years ago, when when I met with that person, they're like, you're not paying attention to money. I was like, I'm gonna pay attention to money every day. Wow. And that, they, that's a good one. <laughs> I will say like, it took it probably took me a month it's not that hard. I mean, you have apps now that you can log in and you can see your balances on everything, but right. I will tell you, it definitely made a difference in casual spending. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I believe you should spend money on whatever you want right. to buy. Right. If you want to go buy something. I mean, right now I want to buy a new car this fall. Um, and I'll pay for it in cash, but mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to generate to generate $36,000? Yeah. I'm like, what do I need to do to generate $36,000? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, and I yeah. focus on that, like that, and that, that like keeps me every morning, I sit down with a cup of coffee, I keep my cell phone charges in the other room, I don't mm -hmm. see my cell phone until I start work, I get up, I drink coffee, I sit down and I journal, and every morning I focus on that, and I will tell you like, for the last five years, I don't think I've missed a financial goal that I've set. Wow. I'm <laughs> That's, I mean, well, I guess so. I, I, so you don't. So you telling me you don't need my services? <laughs> I'm not a woman, but I know there are women out there who do. I think what you teach is incredibly valuable. Um, like a, so I can't get you on a one-on-one, huh? <laughs> this is a random, 
random <laughs> side note, like there were there were I lived in Vegas for a while, um, 2016, and there was there was a lady who did what you did specifically for strippers. Oh, you, you think about it. I mean, they're making yeah. 1200, 1500, two grand a night. A night. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah. like, the thing that she ran into was most of them are, um, they live a different lifestyle, right? Like they're flying on a plane. I mean, they're, she told me stories that just blew my mind. Like they would fly <laughs> into town for two or three days and they'd fly home to wherever they lived because they made uh, so much money in two or three days that they could buy, buy a plane ticket each week each and they would stay yeah. in a hotel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. crazy. So I want to yeah. go back. And, you know, and, and, you know, Father Time catches up with all of us and you can't be stripping forever. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, I don't know, in today's world, maybe you can figure it out, but okay. So we touched on your daily habits. Tell me, uh, what do you do when you lose focus? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question. I do have an accountability partner. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I do have an accountability partner. And so she and I, I in fact, I have several, but this one particular one that I'm thinking about, she, every morning, no weekends, you know, weekdays, weekends, we talk to one another. And, you know, we may not talk on the phone, but we may message each other or something and say, hey, how's it going? You know, what's the goal for today? What's the goal for the week? You know, that kind of stuff. And then she'll say it. And then, you know, say, say Monday morning, we'll t message each other, you know, what's the goal for the week? And then by Friday, we're like, did you meet the goal? You know, what happened? You know, this kind of stuff. But every day we're like, okay, what's, what's the plan for today? How many people you plan on talking to? What, you know, are you, and she does, she does tax returns now. So my thing, she's like, well, I'm going to finish a couple of tax returns and this and that. And blah. I'm like, okay. And she was like, okay, what are you going to do? And then I'll tell her what, you know, who I'm going to contact and what I'm going to do today and things like that. Do you guys and have so, a penalty if you huh? don't? Do you guys have a penalty? No, we, we don't. We just say, you know, um, we don't, we won't, don't really be mad or be like, there's a penalty. But what, what I, what, what I like doing is when we reach those goals, we give ourselves a reward. Nice. Because what you know, whether that be a new pair of shoes, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> or taking yourself to lunch, or or special something that you like doing, and that's what I tell my clients. Right? It's like, okay, if you did X, Y, Z, reward yourself. It, it's not that you can't have it. It's just reward yourself, and don't and and use credit as less as possible. You know, like you said, okay, I'm going to pay cash for my car. I love it. But what do you have to do to get the cash, you know, to pay yeah. for the car? It's the sacrifice. It's the reward after, you know, it's the reward. So those are the kinds of things that, yeah, that I do. So, uh, all right. That's, <laughs> I like it. I, I, I have an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm having, so one of my, like I love having accountability partners. I have a mastermind group mm -hmm. that I pay to be a part of. I have one that I run. I have like I have accountability in as many places as possible. Places as possible. Mm -hmm. more, right. Mm -hmm. If I'm right. really struggling with something, I will tell my accountability partner. I'll be like, I'm going to do X. Um, I'm gonna. E we did we did an email challenge over a year ago. I was like, I'm gonna email my list every day for 60 days. If I don't email mm -hmm. them, I will send you twenty dollars. 
mm. at midnight. Not the next day, <laughs> at midnight. So like every night before I go to bed. I'll be I'll looking be like, at my phone. Like, did I get that $20? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that is exactly, because I, I put a post-it note on my pillow and I was like, it was like email or $20. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write an email. And mm -hmm. by day 30, I was so used to doing it. And now it's no big deal. But it's, right. it's like building those reps and like forcing yourself. I don't care what you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing that, it doesn't have to be 20 bucks. Do whatever is just enough to be annoying to you. It could be $5. <laughs> like, but yeah, $5, get your coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so then what would be one book that you would recommend to somebody on, I want two book recommendations, one on money and I want uh -huh. one on business, because I bet you have both. That's a good question. Um, I would probably have to say my own. <laughs> I figured. You have a copy? Hold it up. Uh, yeah, I do. I have a copy. I have five books, but I think this one is, this is my very first one. That's my awesome. very first one. And it was written in 2012. Okay. And this is the book that I told you about that um, when I got ready to sit down to do that, I challenged myself. So that, that one is mine. That would be mine. Now that's the, that would be the business. I mean, that would be the money book. The business book would probably be, uh, <laughs> Um, Zig Ziglar, over the top. I love Zig. Yeah, I and these these pages are worn because this gets me. This has, um, and you could probably see all the things. Open <laughs> open it up. Read us something. There's, um, I love Zig and okay, okay. All right, let me see. He has so much good stuff to say. He does. He really does. I would probably say. What would be my best thing in this book? It would probably be like we were talking earlier about your goals, how you would do your goals for monthly, yearly, that kind of stuff. And so um, that that's in here. It's a whole schedule, right? A whole schedule. Uh, when I was going to college, when I was going, and I was a single parent at the time when I was going to college and working, I had it. I wrote. This is the time I'm going to study this chapter. This is the time I'm going to study that chapter. I'm going to do the homework in that chapter. This is the time I need to stop to feed the kids. This is the time I need to go to work. That kind of stuff. And that carried me through getting, uh, um, finishing my education. Because remember, I told you my parents were educators. And they believed in getting an education. <laughs> I couldn't do anything unless I had an education. But in this book, is chapter seven and it talks about attitude makes a difference so i'm going to go to that is page 113 and i'm gonna see if i can pull something out of out of here um about that and this one is from charles swindoll this is i'm just going to read a um a little bit of, it says the remarkable thing is when you have a choice every day regarding the attitude what we will embrace from that day we cannot change our paths. We cannot change the fact that we, that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is to play on, this, on one string that we have, and the string is attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me, 
and 90% of what I react to. And it is, we are in the change, we are in charge of our attitudes, right? And so, you know, that's something that we've been talking about is that we're in charge of our attitudes and stuff. So, and that's in his, that's in um, Zig Ziglar's book, Attitude Makes a Difference, chapter seven, page 113. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I mean, that is, I like Zig. That is a great quote. Yes, I love him. Yeah, yeah. If, love him. So true. Yeah, yeah. All right, Anita, if somebody wanted to find you online, where would they go? So I'm on um, Facebook, um, Anita Johnson Financial Behaviors. And of course, my website, which is uh, www.anitarjohnson.com. And, uh, and basically, you can Google me <laughs> just like everywhere. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, All Anita, right. Thank you so much for being on. Um, if you guys got something out of this, make sure you connect with her online. If you're a woman who needs help with money, I think you get the idea that she can definitely help you out, point you in the right direction, whether you are a stripper or not. <laughs> she will help you out. Um, yeah, thanks for being my guest. I really enjoyed oh, talking Oh, thank you for inviting me. I love it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed every moment of it. Awesome. <laughs> thanks for tuning into today's show. Are you looking for a way to produce powerful content that creates quality leads and can scale your business from 3K to 10K and beyond? If so, head over to storiesthatscale.com and pick up your free templates today. These free templates will show you the five core stories that will help your business scale that you can tell across social media, email, and YouTube. Anywhere you need content, these templates will help you out and they're free at storiesthatscale.com. Or if you know you want my help building out your content and monetization strategy, head over to steven.coffee and book my time today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. I'll see you soon. Thank you.